The events of May 25th begin here. Floyd is sitting in the driver's seat of this blue SUV. Across the street is a convenience store called Cup Foods. Footage from this restaurant's security camera helps us understand what happens next. Note that the timestamp on the camera is 24 minutes fast. At 7.57 p.m., two employees from Cup Foods confront Floyd and his companions about an alleged counterfeit bill he just used in their store to buy cigarettes. They demand the cigarettes back, but walk away empty-handed. Four minutes later, they call the police. According to the 911 transcript, an employee says that Floyd used fake bills to buy cigarettes and that he is awfully drunk and not in control of himself. Soon, the first police vehicle arrives on the scene. Officers Thomas Lane and J. Alexander Koenig step out of the car and approach the blue SUV. Seconds later, Lane pulls his gun, we don't know exactly why, and orders Floyd to put his hands on the wheel. Lane reholsters the gun, and after about 90 seconds of back and forth, yanks Floyd out of the SUV. A man is filming the confrontation from a car parked behind them. The officers cuff Floyd's hands behind his back, and Koenig walks him to the restaurant wall. All right, what's your name? From the 911 transcript in the footage, we now know three important facts. First, that the police believed they were responding to a man who was drunk and out of control. But second, even though the police were expecting this situation, we can see that Floyd has not acted violently. And third, that he seems to already be in distress. Six minutes into the arrest, the two officers move Floyd back to their vehicle. As the officers approach their car, we can see Floyd fall to the ground. According to the criminal complaints filed against the officers, Floyd says he is claustrophobic and refuses to enter the police car. During the struggle, Floyd appears to turn his head to address the officers multiple times. According to the complaints, he tells them he can't breathe. Nine minutes into the arrest, the third and final police car arrives on the scene. It's carrying officers Tu Tao and Derek Chauvin. Both have previous records of complaints brought against them. Tao was once sued for throwing a man to the ground and hitting him. Chauvin has been involved in three police shootings, one of them fatal. Chauvin becomes involved in the struggle to get Floyd into the car. Security camera footage from Cup Foods shows Koenig struggling with Floyd in the back seat while Tao watches. Chauvin pulls him through the back seat onto the street. We don't know why. Floyd is now lying on the pavement, face down. That's when two witnesses begin filming, almost simultaneously. The footage from the first witness shows us that all four officers are now gathered around Floyd. It's the first moment when we can clearly see that Floyd is face down on the ground, with three officers applying pressure to his neck, torso, and legs. At 8.20 p.m., we hear Floyd's voice for the first time. The video stops when Lane appears to tell the person filming to walk away. The officers radio a code 2, a call for non-emergency medical assistance, reporting an injury to Floyd's mouth. In the background, we can hear Floyd struggling. The call is quickly upgraded to a code 3, a call for emergency medical assistance. Yeah, 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 that's, that's 
By now, another bystander, 17-year-old Darnella Frazier, is filming from a different angle. Her footage shows that despite calls for medical help, Chauvin keeps Floyd pinned down for another seven minutes. We can't see whether Koenig and Lane are still applying pressure. What do you want? I can breathe. Please, the knee my dick. I can breathe, see it. Bro, get up, get in the car, man. I will. Get up, get in the car. I can't move. I've been waiting the whole place, ah. man. Bro, get up, get in the car. Mama. Get up, we get Mama. in the car right. I can't. In the two videos, Floyd can be heard telling officers that he can't breathe at least 16 times in less than five minutes. I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. But Chauvin never takes his knee off of Floyd, even as his eyes close and he appears to go unconscious. Look at him. Get off of him now. What the f***? He got me. He got me. According to medical and policing experts, these four police officers are committing a series of actions that violate policies and in this case turn fatal. They've kept Floyd lying face down, applying pressure for at least five minutes. This combined action is likely compressing his chest and making it impossible to breathe. Chauvin is pushing his knee into Floyd's neck, a move banned by most police departments. Bro, he's not Minneapolis Police Department policy states an officer can only do this if someone is, quote, actively resisting. And even though the officers call for medical assistance, they take no action to treat Floyd on their own while waiting for the ambulance to arrive. You, 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 call, you think that's okay? Pulse. Check his pulse. Okay. Check his right Stop. Check his pulse. Get back in the Check. The man ain't moved yet, bro. According to the complaints against the officers, Lane asks him twice if they should roll Floyd onto his side. Chauvin says no. 20 minutes into the arrest, an ambulance arrives on the scene. Get off of his neck! The EMTs check Floyd's pulse. Are you serious? Chauvin keeps his knee on Floyd's neck for almost another whole minute, even though Floyd appears completely unresponsive. He only gets off once the EMTs tell him to. Chauvin's kept his knee on Floyd's neck for a total of 8 minutes and 46 seconds, according to the complaint filed against him. Floyd is loaded into the ambulance. The ambulance leaves the scene, possibly because a crowd is forming, but the EMTs call for additional medical help from the fire department. You added fire to your run. But when the engine arrives, the officers give them, quote, no clear info on Floyd or his whereabouts, according to a fire department incident report. This delays their ability to help the paramedics. Meanwhile, Floyd is going into cardiac arrest. 320, um, if you could let MFD know that EMS needs to, fire needs to go to Parkin 36, your patient is a full now. It takes the engine five minutes to reach Floyd and the ambulance. He's pronounced dead at a nearby hospital around 9.25 p.m. I appreciate you guys all tuning in to tonight's special episode. Um, we just felt like at Ballaholics that we had to talk about this. Um, there was an elephant in the room, and we really wanted to discuss the events that recently transpired. Um, so at first, I just want to say to everyone that are watching why we're doing this. Once again, we just feel like it's our responsibility. We have a platform, and if you have a platform, we feel like you should be talking about it on your platform. Um, Ian Mills, Sauce, Z, happy that you guys are all here tonight um, to talk about this. Um, also want to say 
that we're actually going to have live callers tonight. We believe that we were, we were a little hesitant. We weren't sure whether to have live callers tonight or not. But at Ball Hogs, we just felt like we need to have these really tough conversations, even if we don't want to. Um, it's not the funnest thing to talk about, obviously, but we feel like we need to talk about what transpired. Um, so let's just start. Um, who wants to start? We can start with Z. Um, what were your reactions just from this George Floyd incident, man? Yes. Thanks, Sam. Um, so initially, I heard rumors about everything. I did not see the video until um, until I was hearing most of the rumors. Um, obviously, the video is is very tragic, uh, outright racism. Uh, into the video, I've been hearing a lot of rumors that um, either either you were pro you were on the <clears throat> you were on the fence of racism um, prior to this, or you wholeheartedly believe that there were racism um, in America that happened. Um, and then people were saying that, you know, after this video occurred, um, a lot of those people that were on the fence were kind of now seeing that racism is still existent, you know, in America. Um, so I think that video is kind of, you know, just blatant evidence. Um, so with that being said, I think BLM, the protesting, the rioting, the looting, I think, <clears throat> I think all of that is awesome in terms of gaining awareness for what's what happened um and you know blm is doing a really good job um in terms of you know its platform here in america um it's it's becoming you know something that's trending so much so that you know white folks black folks asians uh spanish people every race of every you know kind is just seeing that this is outright injustice um and there's really no kind of cover-up there's no kind of band-aid for it you know um folks that are you know kind of i guess still rejecting the idea of what's happening um it's kind of clear that they that they have more racist beliefs or conservative beliefs or whatever um so yeah and even with that being said this is also taking place protests are also taking place in uh china uh japan france germany all over the world um so there were like people talking about how this is kind of bigger than the civil rights movement um, in terms of a protesting aspect in just terms of mobilizing and how many people are behind it. Um, so I think that's really, really interesting. Um, you know, as a black man myself, I stand in solidarity with BLM and, what's, what, and, and what they're doing to, to put, forth, put forth effort, um, you know, to this very tragic situation. Um, it kind of re uh, reminds me of the Michael Brown situation back in 2014, uh, the I Can't Breathe. Um, there was video evidence of a man from New York City, I believe it was Brooklyn. Uh, a cop was kneeling on his neck or somehow they had him up against the ground and he couldn't breathe. Similar to what happened with George Floyd and you know, the I Can't Breathe hashtag became very, very huge after that in 2014. So um, I think this is very, very similar. There's a lot of parallels with that. And um, you know, with that being said, I'm hoping that, you know, the fire continues to, to flame um, and that we keep seeing changes happening. Um, they're talking about defunding police in Minneapolis. Um, they're talking about a bunch of things. And I think these are all progressive conversations that need to continue to be had. So um, I'm really excited for the future. And I just hope that we can keep this, keep this strong effort up. Sauce? Yeah, no, I think I think Z had a great point. Like he had all great points. And I want to expand on that. I mean, Firstly, I agree with you 100% on the unity and solidarity. I think it was amazing to see how many people were supportive of it. I think it was important to see 
even across the globe, like I saw Sweden had some, you know, Japan, obviously America was huge. It was the source of it. And I think it's important that everyone stays united in this fight against racism. And I think the most important thing you said, or one of the most important things that you said was just that people forget that it's still very much happening today. And I think it's easy to like, you know, forget, but the civil rights movement was like 60-ish, 70-ish years ago. It was very recent, you know, and people's great grandmothers or grandmothers, grandparents, grand, they all went through it. So, you know, this is still very much real. It happened, you saw what happened in 2014 with uh, Mike Brown, I can't breathe. And then look at 2020, same thing still going on. So I think it's important to know that this is a problem that's ongoing. It's happened in the past and it will continue in the future unless something's being done. Yes. So I think like you said, it was great that people are like making actions to actually make a difference. I think, you know, spreading awareness was huge. I was extremely impressed with how many people were supportive of the Blackout Tuesday. And I know it was just an Instagram post. It doesn't mean much, but it's nice to see all that support. I think people are, you know, on Instagram and Twitter and stuff, you see people spreading these charities, these donations around a lot more. And I think that's really important. Also showing like different messages that trying to spread information that people might not know about. Um, I think that's also huge. So I think information is also very important too. And of course, I'm not a black man myself. Um, I understand, I can, I can sympathize with those problems. Um, you know, as a person of color, like I also am a hundred percent in this, you know, in this kind of, this kind of movement to get equality. And I think everyone should, regardless of their white person of color or black, you know, um, I think everyone should see the importance of it. So I think, you know, like you said, this is still an ongoing, you know, battle, but I'm happy that I, you know, from what we've seen, this is like the civil rights movement in 2020. And in terms of the actual people, it's actually more. So that's absolutely like insane. I'm very happy to see that. But of course, I'm not gonna be happy until we see change, you know? And I think I think another big thing is that I don't know if, you know, the whole George Floyd, I don't know if those officers would have got arrested if it wasn't for the video and if it wasn't for all the public outrage. Cause I think we saw how long it took for that to happen. And then they ultimately gave him second degree murder, uh, which I mean, it kind of seems like first degree if you ask me. So I think it's important that, you know, we keep that pressure on because otherwise they're going to try to sweep it on the rug. I mean, look at Brianna Taylor. Now people are bringing that attention, but, you know, cops are innocent. They were found innocent after that. And I think they very much weren't. And I think it's important for us to keep that pressure on to make sure they're held accountable for their actions. Ian? Uh, yeah, I uh, 100 wholeheartedly agree that both what happened to Brianna Taylor and George Floyd uh, was awful. And it does make you think, as Sauce did mention a little bit, does make you think like if these two things happened you know and recently very recently and have gained a lot of traction within the past month or so or three weeks or whatever it may have been um how many times has it happened without you know a video like if you look at you know these these are minneapolis is a very very populated area and a, you know populous uh, uh city but if you go down to you know the country where it's uh, a town of 700 people, there's not going to be someone with a video camera all the time. You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, as someone who is, who is white, I will say that, you know, I have seen a lot of people who I know who at one point in time I was close with who have like said, well, you know, just because I'm not saying anything about it doesn't mean I don't care. But I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I think if if that video or if, you know, all the interactions have not infuriated you or at least made you sad, then it gets to a point where it's like, maybe you're, I mean, no, not maybe you definitely are a part of the problem. Um, and what, what, you know, I think what Z said earlier, where it was like, you know, people who were on the fence 
and I think there were a lot of people um, who were kind of in this bubble, who were in this like uh, shield where they were like, well, racism, it exists, but it's not as bad as, you know, people make it out to be. And then not just after this happened, excuse me, not just um, the, the reaction to the video itself and to the murder, um, but also to, to uh, you know, other white people's reactions where you have, you know, Trump calling uh, cr- uh, quarantine protesters like good people who are just angry and then calling Black Lives Matters uh, protesters thugs. It's like, well, there's, what's the difference between the two? It's just, it's just race. It's like, obviously, that's a racist thing that um, our, the president um, said. And then, you know, you go through, you know, looking at comments and people who have kids who are like, outwardly saying things like if it ain't white uh, it ain't right and it's like this is you know it's it's people are outwardly outing themselves um and have no shame and it's uh i think z was right when it's like it is opening up a lot of people's eyes and um i i, I agree with them that we got to back um you know protests riots whatever it may be and i think a big thing that um has been mentioned is a lot of the you know the lot of the looting a lot of the riots have been antagonized by the police wholeheartedly. I mean, there there are videos to this day of you know peaceful protests uh, going awry because a police officer kicks someone who's just standing there, or just you know on their knees. And um, I think a lot of a lot of the thing is, you know, th- there's a huge difference between our generation where you know the four of us are standing here and you know solidarity and and and, and trying to spread a message. And you have people who are a little older, maybe in the 50s and 60s, who, when they were raising their kids, always told them to treat others unto, you know, the way they would want to be treated. But now, when the situation is reversed, they're not doing that because there is a, a you know, a, 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 a being of, of racism inside them, whether or not they want to, uh, want to admit it or not. So, you know, I think it's a... Uh, the videos aren't gaining media traction on like news where people see it. So I think, you know, spreading, you know, evidence, not just to, you know, Twitter, but to showing it to people, showing it to people who are ignorant to the situation, just because they may not be exposed to it, I think is very important as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that you guys all said. And I just want to preface my comments by just saying, like, I'm a white, you know, I'm white. And I have white privilege and we all a lot of us do and we can't relate I mean I was on a road trip a couple weeks ago when I saw this video and I just I was talking to my friends and I was like listen like if we got pulled over in Wyoming or any of these states like it stinks knowing that I feel like if we got pulled over by a cop that we get looked at differently if we're white or black like race plays an influence there um when I saw this video um, I was absolutely disgusted it was disgusting um, despicable, horrific, um, petrifying, um, horrifying, um, just, just disgusting. The, the officer, Derek Chauvin had his knees on the man's neck. There were four officers and there's one person, four armed officers and one unarmed person. And listen, okay. He, he, maybe he, he did something. He did the $20. Um, but I didn't justify death. Uh, that didn't justify death. Um, it was just disgusting. I'm like, I feel like I'm lost for words. We have a sports show and I feel like I can't even articulate what I want to say just because all the emotions of even watching that video, it sickens me. It just sickens me to death. And it sucks because I feel like we've come a long way from slavery and we've made advances towards equality for all. Because in the long run, when you think about the grand scheme of things, the ideal situation is 
all lives should matter. It's the ideal scheme. But in reality, that's not what it is right now because we have one group that's being oppressed. And in the past, it's, it's always been like this. It's been for the past 400 years and people aren't taking a stand. And you have to recognize the fact when there's an oppressed group, when they're being oppressed, um, in order for all lives to matter, black lives need to matter. And I think that we all need to recognize that fact. And the other thing I want to say is, I think one thing that's going to help us get through this is we all have to be together. We all have to stay together here. Um, we have to have these difficult conversations because it's very difficult. It's very difficult to just put these aside because some of these conversations don't want to be had. Um, but they need to be had with everyone. Everyone needs to be involved. Um, and yeah, that's what I want to say. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, I had a whole, I had all these notes that I prepared for this and just, you know, just the magnitude of this moment. It's just crazy. Just talking about it and just thinking about it. It's just sickening. Um, and I, I just, it's, it's too bad this, this had to happen. Um, and the other thing that was, that I found to be, um, really upsetting was you had the one officer with his knee on the guy's neck and you had these three other officers that were there just sitting, sitting idly by the two other officers, their legs were there. They had their knees on Derek Chavin's um, legs. And then the other officer was, you know, not letting bystanders come through um, that were saying that he couldn't breathe. The man was, he was begging for his mom. He, he couldn't breathe. He said he couldn't breathe multiple times. And he was calling for his mom. And that part, calling for the mom, it just, just terrible. Shatters your heart. It just, it just breaks, it breaks your heart. And it's just really unfortunate that we live in a country like this. Um, and I want to say just real quick to the people that are watching this that are saying um, blue lives matter. Like in re like in ideally, in my in ideally, like they should matter. I all should matter. But that's not the issue. That's not why we're here. Like there's a, there's a reason why this is happening. And it's because over time, the African-American community has been oppressed. And they've been, you know, economically, politically, and as far as we have come, we have so much more that we can do. Yeah, I guess um, to that, Sam, when folks say all lives should matter, um, ideally, right, that's that's the goal. Um, so in order to achieve that goal of all lives should matter, then we have to acknowledge minority groups and their oppression. Um, and making their lives matter is the task at hand that should be the priority because of you know, the history of slavery, the history of Jim Crow, uh, the history of economic inequality, social inequality, uh, inferior school systems, um, you know, urban neighborhoods, you know, with lack of resources. <clears throat> that stuff all puts, all puts, um, all of that, all of those things put POCs at a disadvantage. Um, and it's easier for police brutality and violence to occur in these neighborhoods. So, um, with that being said, focusing on Black Lives Matter is what's most important. You know, um, the police have advantages. White people have advantages with white privilege. So it's like, how can you focus on the already privileged and not acknowledge the less privileged? You know, that's that's the conversation that needs to be had more. Um, and then and then we can work towards discussions of all lives should matter. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I agree with you too. And I, one thing that I saw, if you use like Instagram and Twitter a lot, that I liked, um, someone used the analogy of if your house is on fire and your neighbor's house is fine, saying all houses matter don't, doesn't do much. You know, it's like my house matters because it's currently on fire. So, you know, we have to address the things that are currently happening because, you know, if your house is not on fire, 
yes, your house does matter, but it doesn't need to be treated. And that's the same situation here where, you know, clearly there needs to be help and there needs to be awareness for this. And it's like, you know, that's what should be brought to attention. You don't want to do whataboutism and then take away it from that point. So I think that's also important. Right, right, right. Mm. I agree with that. I think the issue at hand is just it's undisputable. And when there's a group that doesn't have equal footing, and, you know, that's through the, in the past history of all the things that have happened, like he alluded to, like I said, you know, the Jim Crow laws, slavery, um, and even now, you know, civil rights movements with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And now we're at a time where, again, this was said earlier, and I'm just going to reiterate it, people thought, oh, yeah, racism, it's died down. That's, a, that's an old thing in the past. But it's really not because it's a shame that some people still have that sentiment. They still feel that way. And then the other thing is I think some other people are just misguided. I think some people, they mean well, but they just maybe they're afraid to speak up. Maybe they aren't, they're not actually racists themselves, but they're afraid to speak up. And when I was considering, you know, when we were talking about possibly doing this show, I know that, you know, doing this show, you know, you get people that like will be happy that you did it. You know, people that will praise you and say, you know what, Sam, that's great that you guys decided to do the show. And at the flip side, then you have people that say, well, Sam, this is a sports show. So why are you covering this where this is a sports show? And I think at the end of the day, when you really think about issues like this, I think I'm going to put it like this, okay? One day, I, I'm going to sound very like, you know, um, negative right now. One day we're all going to die, okay? Um, just catch on with me. At the very end of your life, the only thing that you got to think about is, did you do what you feel like was right in your heart, your entire life? Did you do what was right? Did you stand by your principles? And I'm not, and I don't think any of us are going for praise, you know, appreciation or criticisms of anything. You do what's right in your heart and you do what's right um, with your principles. So if you feel like something's right, you got to do it. And I did it with the sports show, with the platform. And I think people need to speak up if they feel like they have a certain opinion, but they are afraid to speak up on that opinion. If they feel like people are racist, if they feel like people are doing things that are detrimental to society, you have an obligation. You have a duty to speak up. I completely agree with that, Sam. Um, like you said, you know, at the end of our lives, we just want to understand that did we live by, you know, the principles that we set for ourselves and what was in our heart and what's right in our heart. Um, and that's why I think it's so important, um, as you said as well, to utilize your platform to speak up. Um, it's almost a duty. And, you know, um, I think that's just so super important. Um, um, so, yeah, I think that a lot of that stuff is going on right now. People are utilizing their platforms, um, even if they're smaller platforms, just like Instagram pages or even YouTube channels. People are speaking up and speaking out. So I feel like this is gaining more awareness. Um, so like like I said earlier, keeping that fire going um, is the only way to really mobilize change. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, a it's not a political issue it's a human rights issue and i think that is where people need to understand it's not like trump versus biden you know what i mean i think people yeah. want to make it out that way. but uh something i do actually that is somewhat political that i did want to bring up was uh so derek chauvin uh, i believe i pronounced his name right it doesn't matter if i do or not but uh i think it was in 2007 he had killed a i believe it was a native american uh man and uh was pardoned by uh senator amy klobuchar who ran uh as a democrat for the uh primaries this year so something i wanted to bring up that i thought was important was you know we talked earlier about trump being racist and, and 
very clearly being racist, and I think we can all probably agree with that, um, at least what he was said was. And it gets to a point where it's like, well, you know, if they don't care about you, we, you know, we kind of assume that there gets to a point where most politicians don't care. They will pretend as if they do. You know, we saw earlier today, or I guess it was yesterday, our own governor was saying something like he, you know, he wanted to keep the Christopher Columbus statue up. And it's like, people, they, they are, they say they care, but in their policy, they have the ability to care and they actually end up don't. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just kind of, you know, the, I don't want to get political about it, but, you know, obviously it is a human rights issue, but on both sides of the spectrum, you know, it is, it does seem to be falling through the cracks. Um, not, you know, it's being seen, but it's not, no, not many actions are being taken. That was it. Mm-hmm. I just have something I just want to say real quick before, um, if we're getting, you know, I don't, I don't think that, you know, we should get too political, obviously, because our viewers are from a wide array of backgrounds, but I just want to say this, um, Actually, I know the meeting's going to end in 10 minutes. That's no way. That was already 40 minutes. That's incredible. Um, I think that a problem that I'm seeing, um, and this is on, see this on social media platforms. I see it on Instagram and I see it just in general. And I feel like we sort of create this paradigm of us versus them. Um, this is where one side is right and one side is wrong. And, you know, I think that in this case, obviously we can all, you know, rally around, you know, Racism should not be a thing. Um, racism is disgusting and has no place in our society. And at the end of the day, we should all have, you know, all lives should matter at the end of the day. Um, the problem is just how they get there. And I think um, on Instagram, what I'm seeing is people are just ruling out other people. They're saying, you know, people are posting blue lives matter. Uh, that's all and they're posting. Like if you would have posted black lives matter first and then you do blue lives matter, okay. But, um, and even black lives matter people who are just automatically ruling out every single person in the blue lives. Um, I just want to say that I feel like all opinions like should be like talked. Like everyone should have a, a voice to talk because I feel like that's the only way we can get changed. Because if you put it like this, um, cause obviously I agree with, you know, you guys, um, on this issue, you know, we all agree on that. We're all agreement under this issue. Um, we're all solidarity, but the people that have these weird, you know, racist thoughts or just thoughts that like, aren't right that we know for, for a fact aren't right like for example what drew Brees said um we all i'm sure we all find to be insensitive but i feel like in a way we need more people like drew Brees to speak out and we cannot ridicule people like that because if we do ridicule people like drew Brees and those kind of people they will be reluctant to speak out and if people are reluctant to speak out then they are internalizing the, the ideas that they have but they are not voicing those opinions and they might create those racist thoughts in their head and that can, pro, that can keep going in their head and they're not going to bring it up. So I think that, you know, it's tough to do. And obviously I'm from a, you know, white privileged background, but I think that we need to be more open-minded towards all views and we need to try and reason with them instead of trying to get at them emotionally and rule them out. We have to try and reason with them, just try and reason because I feel like sometimes we focus on the outputs too much and we need to focus on why someone thinks the way they do. So if people are thinking that way, uh, we need to try and truly, truly try and understand them first and then explain to them calmly and logically why they are wrong. Yeah, <clears throat> Sam, I understand what you're saying because I think a lot of times you like fall into these echo chambers where you're, you typically have, you know, Black Lives Matter and then you typically have Blue Lives Matter. But it's like the only problem is a lot of times when you do share these posts and you talk about it is that you're talking to the audience who already agrees with you. So it's kind of hard because, you know, I think sometimes we should be able to talk with other people because that way we would have a different viewpoint and we'll be able to, you know, 
one person is going to learn something. Either I'm, they're going to learn something, I'm going to learn something, or maybe both. But I think sometimes we do fall into that echo chamber where we hear the same voice over and over, but we're not able to talk to other people with different voice. I think that's also important to, you know, drive change, as you mentioned, too. And that's that's hard. Like, I don't think that's it's so hard. And I'm not, yeah. I, I know I yeah. said that and like I made it sound so simple, but it's really not because sometimes people just say things that are just, you know, you know, in your head, they're completely wrong. They completely make no sense. They're out of place. They're insensitive, like the Drew Brees comment. But in the long run, you have to consider the fact that if you don't, if you, if you ridicule people and you rule them out and you yell at them and you, you know, you rule them out, it's going to create um, a sentiment where people like that aren't even going to voice their opinions. They're going to internalize it and they're going to keep that going on. So it's so hard to do. And I know it's like a little naive for me to say, perhaps, but I feel like just to be logical and try and reason with every single human being, I feel like that's the way to go. Z, are you good to talk? I, I, I just noticed you were on the run. You right, Z? Yes, I'm great. Um, Actually, I have a special guest with me. Oh, uh, wow. Yes. Oh, no, no, not Derek. Uh, <laughs> boy, mm. the one and only. Hey! <laughs> How you doing, bro? Sure. How we doing, man? We're on air right now. Very uh, tired. If you want to share your let's hear, let's hear your opinion. Yeah, so um, are we just... Do your face just... Out? We don't see your face, I think. I think it's like adjust the computer. Um, yeah. And we have we have a couple minutes left on this Zoom call, so if for some reason it runs out, guys, and the people who are watching this, we are going to put on a video for you guys. We will set up a new Zoom call so you guys can continue watching us. But for now... Um, let's hear, we want to hear your thoughts, um, just regarding this issue. Um, yeah, so I have a lot of ups and downs going on right now. For one thing, I'm happy to see, uh, with the situation, a lot more people seem to be in the discussion. I, I don't know if it's just because of it's trending, uh, the fact that it is, it's kind of trending. It's, it's kind of like the, uh, you know the blm spirit week people think people call it they're like oh da, da, da. um they put up a post they do their performative stuff and everything and then you know eventually they kind of just stop caring um because i know there's a lot of people who, in my family there's only a couple of us out of dozens of cousins and aunts and uncles and everything that really care that speak about it consistently so i like to see more people get into the conversation and not just the conversation, but the action and to actually come to protests and come to like physically be able to protect people and, uh, you know, be there in the flesh. Cause you know, we need, we need people, we need, uh, you know, white folks, men, white men, people with, with th those privileges to really step up and uh, protect people, protect uh, vulnerable people you know, and they're doing, they're the ones that are doing the, the organizing, you know, people of color doing the organizing. So we need to give them all the support. But I feel like there's progress happening. Um, first, first time I've ever seen police with the riot shields in Binghamton. And uh, that's because they are, they're prepared, but they're also, I think they're intimidated by it. I don't know. That's how I feel, you know? Thank you, Sue. Yeah. Thanks, Sue. Did you want to introduce yourself real quick? I didn't hear what your name was. All right. Uh, yeah, I, my name is Sam, but I go by Soup. Soup. Um, and, you know, we 
we go back, me and me and me and Zion, you know. Yes, yes, yes. The yes. supreme soup, if you if you want. But yeah. Um it's been it's been it's been a crazy month. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been a crazy month. And even before that, there was another thing. Two, what was it? Two weeks ago, I heard a story. What, what was the story? Can you guys familiarize me on the story? It was be, it was the one before George Floyd. Um, there was like some people in a truck that like. Did you hear that story? Ahmad. There was there was another story. Um, I recall hearing from a couple friends. Um, yes. where yes. it was in Atlanta, and these people in a truck were driving. These these white people driving in a truck. Um. And they they saw um they saw a black person and then they assumed they they thought for some reason that they robbed somewhere they stole something and they shot the person and killed them um it was a story that I heard um from somewhere from some source um but it's again like it's been a crazy month because it's not just one incident it's not like it's just George Floyd um there was that incident and then there's Breonna Taylor and then there's Eric Gardner who got you know killed in front of a grocery store in 2014 I can't breathe so this is a recurring theme in um, our history so we all have an obligation you know white black asian you know any any kind of race any kind of person as long as you're a decent human being to want change to make change to speak of change and again like people posting on instagram you know the black screens like it's cool uh, and i don't criticize i go by something i don't like criticizing what anyone else does i like to worry about myself um, but i think we have to really spring awareness is the first step but really living it and you know every single day if you see injustice, you have to call it as it is. Um, and I think through doing that, that is going to create change in the long run. Yeah. 